Welcome to Harvest Valley Worship Center's Sermon of the Week. You can discover more about our church, pastors, and special guests at hvwc.com. We hope that you are blessed by today's message. Praise the Lord. All right. I wanted to um, just speak briefly this morning, and then we've got a couple of kind of a special events today. Obviously, later on, we've got our annual meeting where we'll talk a little bit uh, about some of the shifts that are happening at Harvest. Um, and um, how many of you enjoy when, when people take their next step in ministry and their next step in life? How many enjoy that? Come on, I love it. I think it's absolutely great. So we're going to do some celebrating today. Um, but before we do that, I wanted to talk to you real quickly out of Colossians chapter 4. I think our next season is going to be marked as a season of prayer. Um, I'm actually in starting in April at the, after Easter, which is on the 17th. Make sure you invite friends to come. You know, they say that 86% of people that you invite to church on Easter will come if you offer to give them a ride. I'll come get you. 86% will say yes. So let that kind of bolster your faith to invite some people. Amen. So we're going to have a season of prayer, and I wanted to, um, in, at the end of, after, um, uh, on the 24th, that following week after uh, Easter Sunday, we're going to begin a series on the Lord's Prayer that's going to be eight or nine weeks long. Um, I really feel like God has us in this season to just really receive revelation from how the Lord wants us to pray effective prayers, right, and praying powerful prayers. So that series is going to start on the 24th. Um, but to kind of get our hearts set in the right place today, I want to look at Colossians chapter 4. And we're going to start in verse 2. It says this, continue earnestly in prayer. I'm not reading the King James. I'm reading the new King Jimmy, okay? So um, continue earnestly in prayer, being vigilant in it with thanksgiving. Meanwhile, praying also for us that God would open to us a door for the word to speak the mystery of Christ, for which I am also in chains, that I may make it manifest as I ought to speak. I'll read the next two verses, but I don't know how far we'll get in this today. Verse 5 says, Walk in wisdom toward those who are outside, redeeming the time. Let your speech always be with grace, seasoned with salt, that you may know how you ought to answer each one. It's interesting that prayer ended in a witness. Prayer ended in witnessing. Continue earnestly in prayer. Be vigilant in it with thanksgiving. Pray for us that we'll have a bold witness that the things that we speak are made real in made manifest, right? And you walk in wisdom. I love redeeming the time, right? You actually, you, there's some things that you can do to pay for more time. That's what redeeming the time, you're paying for time because redemption is a payment. When you redeem the time, I wasn't going to go here, but I'm going to go here. 
when you redeem the time here, redemption of time starts when you walk in wisdom, and walking in wisdom requires the fear of the Lord. You will not fear God if you don't pray. So for those of us that want more time, you need more wisdom. It's actually walking in wisdom that is the payment to have more time. And we are in a season in an era of wisdom. We are in the wisdom era of the church. I strongly believe that. I think the last era was a words of knowledge, and knowledge was really key. And we know that in, in modernity, in the modern world, like knowledge is key, right? Knowledge is all the things, and that's why we can't trust the science anymore, because everybody knows more than now, right? We've elevated knowledge beyond facts and beyond truth, right? It's, we're now in a post-modern, post-truth era. Would you agree? Okay, well, truth is a person. He never changed. And so when you fear the Lord, you walk in wisdom. When you fear truth, the truth, you walk in wisdom. And when you walk in wisdom, you redeem your time. You don't have to rush. Let's talk about continuing earnestly in prayer. I love the word earnest. It means persevering. It means steadfast. It means being attentive to. Continue earnestly in prayer. These are the requests. This is the, this is the communion, the time of talking with God. This is not the, the um, declaration style of prayer. It's more of an entreaty type of prayer. It's more of a, of a you know, we're going to commune prayer than it is the I'm declaring a thing prayer because they're, they're different words there. Uh, the root word is the same, but this just has a different different slant on it in the Greek. And I think it's really important that we continue earnestly, steadfastly, like diligently in prayer. Um, it's always interesting to me because sometimes it's our last resort. Oh, nothing's working. I guess I should pray. Right? And we all do it. Come on now. Come on now. We can, we can be honest with each other. Amen. Amen, where we all get like halfway down the road, we're like, I should have prayed. You know, like I might, I might have wanted to consult the Jesus about this one, right? And so I, I think it's really important that we continue earnestly, diligently, steadfastly in prayer. Prayer should always become a lifestyle where we are, it's not that I'm like, God, I am a robot. Tell me what to do. You know, like that's not. That's not what we're talking about, but there's this communion with God where you can begin to feel the heartbeat of the Father and begin to be moved by His heart, begin to be moved by His mind and the way that He sees and the way that He thinks. And as we do that, we continue steadfastly in that place of communion. Suddenly, the decisions that you make aren't based on, God, I need to know, is this yes or no? It's like, this is the God, the Father's heart, I'm moving. Amen? That's actually a sign of intimacy and maturity. As you mature in Christ, as you continue steadfastly in prayer, you receive the wisdom because when you receive wisdom by getting the heart of the Father and the fear of the Lord. I love that word vigilant. Continue earnest in prayer, being vigilant in it. Being vigilant. You know, if 
if you were going to, if you were going to, if you were in a situation and you wanted to tell somebody in a stern way, be vigilant, you'd say, stay awake. That's what the word means. Stay awake. Don't fall asleep. Now, I'm, I know sometimes I commune with God with a drool on the pillow, you know, like it happens, right? Sometimes I'm, I'm praying and suddenly I wake up refreshed. Hallelujah. God doesn't mind visiting me in dreams. But yet there's this, to be vigilant is to stay after it. To be vigilant is to continue to press past your normal boundary in prayer. Do you know what I mean by a normal boundary in prayer? Does that make sense? We have a habit, we have a ritual, we have a routine that we've stuck to. That we are comfortable with in prayer. We all have it. Pressed past. Stay vigilant. Stay awake. Stay awake. I love that um, it means to give attention to. Keep awake. Give attention. Be vigilant in prayer with thanksgiving. Gratitude is a just an amazing seedbed for hope. People who struggle with fear, doubt, and anxiety, um, there's lots of things that can be going on there, but one of the first things we talk about whenever we're struggling with that is gratitude, thankfulness. Get our eyes on the good. Get our eyes on the things that we can be thankful for. So when we can continue earnestly in prayer, we can be vigilant in it with thanksgiving, with thanksgiving, how many of you know it's easy to come to God with all of your need and forget to say thank you? It's easy to be overwhelmed by the circumstance and say, God, I need you to move. I'm, I'm asking you for, for this, or I need you to do this. And yet we need to be vigilant in our prayer life with thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. I, I love that Paul um, tells the church in, in Colossae to pray for us. Pray for us that God would open to us a door for the word to speak the mystery of Christ for which I am also in chains that I may make it manifest. This is a great prayer for anybody that you know who is in either full-time ministry. When you're at your job, this should be a prayer that you pray over you. It should be a prayer that is prayed over anyone that you know is in ministry. How many of you know that, that work is a ministry? Schools and ministry, right? Wherever you go, you're a minister, right? Okay. You are a mobile ark of the covenant. You carry the presence with you. Where you go, light shines, darkness flees, right? You're a minister. You're a minister. So because you're a minister, it is critical that you pray that God would make his word manifest in your life. Manifest means make it real in your life. Make the Word of God tangible. And for those that you're praying for, we, we covet your prayers as ministers, Meek and I do. And so when you pray for us, pray that God would make His Word tangible and real for us. And that when we preach the Word of God, it would become tangible, that it would be real. It would be something that people can latch onto and go, yes, that's God. 
I want that. Why? Because oftentimes we are preaching far more than with words. Amen? We have to allow our lives, we have to allow all that we do, preach the Word of God. So pray that it be made real. Are you with me? And then walk in wisdom, right? Pray that people walk in wisdom. Rash decisions have been made over the years. I was a king of it for a long time. Come on, the visionary. I got a great idea. We're all going there. And you're like, Do you think that one through yet? No. No, we didn't. But we're going to go. We've decided to slow down. To take more time to process before the Lord. Even though I got a clear word from God, it doesn't mean I have to act on it today. It means that I have to partner with him. I have to submit that word to the leadership. I've got to, to submit it to those people in my life so that they can help me walk that out because I do not have all the answers. Somebody say amen. <laughs> the leadership said amen. Okay, that, you laugh way too hard. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Oh... We're going to have a season of, uh, where we are, are pressing into effective prayer. And so, so just begin to prepare, just as a community, let's begin to prepare our hearts to have a deeper intimacy and communion with the Father on a daily basis. One of the things that we'll be pressing into this year, far more than we've ever pressed into it, is a daily encounter with God. We have to have a daily encounter with God. And I don't care if it's two seconds, find it. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, like there's this, there, there, we, we will not be able to be an encounter for the people around us if we don't have one. Okay. All right. Amen. Well, that, that was the sermonette for the morning. Hallelujah. People are like, why didn't you do that every week? I was waiting. Uh-huh. Listen, whenever we get the chance to step into whatever is next for us, we want to celebrate, don't we? You know, I love that this culture, uh, we really want to continue to build a culture here that celebrates whenever anybody takes their next step. And, and what, what a next step is, it could be a lot of things. It could be somebody moving from one ministry to another ministry. That's a next step. We say amen, hallelujah. It's when a kid graduates from high school or from junior high. We want to celebrate their next step. Amen? We also want to celebrate when people give for the first time. That's a next step in their life. They get to learn to live a lifestyle of generosity in their pocketbook. Praise God. It's tangible. It's real. It's something that they can actually have to battle with God over <laughs> to give for the first time. Like those, those are big next steps. And, and as a refuge for healing, we are very excited when people take the first step to connect with us and with the culture. Because when you connect here, it's because God wants to heal some things in your life so that you can go and be sent, so that you can be launched into the ministry that is in you. In any ways that we can support that, we will. Okay, we're going to talk a lot more at length about that at the annual meeting, about what that empowerment culture looks like. We're going to talk very specifically about that today. So if you're interested in that, just stick around, eat some great food, and we're going to dive into that. We've got a lot of great things to talk about today. But I want to talk about a transition that's been going on for a while, but it's something that God is actually moving 
moving some things forward. In, in fall of 2019, uh, Mika and I stepped back to take a personal leave of absence, and the leadership here of John and Lois and Jim and Kathy were just amazing for us through that, and it saved our life, it saved our marriage, it saved uh, the, our, our destiny and ministry here. I mean, it was just like, it was just an amazing moment of grace in our life. Amen? And, and one of the things that happened was that Jim Kubiak boldly became the interim pastor here. Said, I will chair, Jim and Kathy said, I will chair all that responsibility, Chris and Mika, so that you guys can have the time. I'm going to take on all of that. And they did it with grace. Amen? It, it, it was absolutely amazing. And, and nine months later, we had COVID hit while I was gone. Hallelujah. Uh, but <laughs> uh, I wasn't mad about that. So um, COVID hit. Nine months later, Meek and I began attending again here. And six months later, came in uh, back in as the leaders here at Harvest Valley. God confirmed and affirmed our call and to be back here in the senior leader position here at Harvest Valley through the denomination and through the leadership here. It was just very clear that was where we were, we were to be. Uh, a pastor on a personal leave of absence that long rarely comes back to the same church. I mean, extremely rare. It is uncommon. What's even more uncommon is that the interim pastor stays and stays connected, attends regularly, either as staff or as a member. So what we have done here is very rare. What's also rare is that Jim and I have worked diligently to maintain a healthy relationship through consistently meeting and talking while he was not in a former leadership role. Most of the time, that's just like, oh, okay, great, thank you. But we've actually invested time in each other in this process. And, of course, we found out that that process was difficult, right? We also found out that it created some tension and some tough moments. And we learned that, you know what, transitions always take longer than we want them to, <laughs> right? It just does. It's just, the, it's just one of those realities. I'll tell you, every church leader from every tribe or denomination that I have talked to, is shocked at what we've been able to accomplish. And let me just tell you what. God has done some things here that are amazing and unique. Actually, a huge testimony to the goodness of God with what God's done here. So, now we get to celebrate Jim and Kathy's next steps in ministry. And we've taken the time to prayerfully dialogue around the next steps, and we are excited to see God move. Now, what does that look like going for, forward? Jim and Kathy are feeling called and compelled to go out into the region, develop more relationships, and walk through some ministry opportunities that they have in front of them. Now, for us, you know, the leadership here at Harvest and Jim and Kathy, we're in agreement What's going to happen is Jim and Kathy are going to take a break from attending regular gatherings and things here at Harvest for about six months. Jim's going to continue to host his private men's group that he's been um, doing uh, that he recently started with some of you. And there is an expectation of continued connection and relationship just in a different context for the next season. Okay, now 
We're encouraged about these changes for several reasons, right? We're encouraged and hopeful about these changes for several reasons. Listen, Jim and I didn't realize the weight of the transition. We didn't fully grasp the weight of what was happening in the transition, and we did our best with what we've had. And so as we've gone through that, we've had a lot of personal revelation. I'm like, oh, we needed help. Oh, we didn't get everything. Like, oh, there were some things we could have done differently in the process. And what this does right now is we're in this process of buttoning that transition up. Does that make sense? Now, it also provides Jim and Kathy the opportunity to build the ministry that is in their heart to build with pastors, leaders, other ministries without the responsibilities of being members at Harvest. There's something they're being called into. Now, the other aspect of this is it maintains a tremendous opportunity for continued development of relationships and partnerships in the future. I want you to remember some things, church. The kingdom is bigger than Harvest Valley. The calling of harvest is for some to stay and build and for others to come and go. We know this is who we are. Relational health is a top priority for us. Jim and I are going to continue to meet for the sake of relationship. We expect many of you will do the same. Now, we do want to take some time today to honor Jim and Kathy. Jim's going to come up and share, maybe Kathy too. I don't know. Hopefully. Okay, praise God. I wanted to just talk about a couple of the areas of deposits that Jim and Kathy have made here um, that are, are tangible deposits for the whole house. You know, Jim brought a clear focus on love, family, intimacy, and vulnerability with God and with each other. Amen? Now, Kathy gave of herself with a deep love that sought out those who were on the fringes and who felt unseen and disconnected. Come on, amen? There's a lot of reasons why we are so better off for having Jim and Kathy with us. I knew this would be the part I'd cry. You know, you pray over it, you prepare, but I wouldn't be here today. Without Jim and Kathy, Meek and I wouldn't be here. God's timing's really good. He's really perfect. Even when it's really hard and we don't understand it at the time. Jim and Kathy made themselves available to steward the work God was doing at Harvest while Meek and I went through our personal transformation. Without Jim and Kathy, we might be in ministry somewhere, but it wouldn't be here. Another thing I think is really important to remember, they have personally pastored many of us in this room. They've shepherded our hearts. 
here. They've listened, they've wept, they've prayed, and they've cared deeply for all of us. I know that each of us could come and share the impact of Jim and Kathy up here, and we'd be here for days in your personal lives. We have a, we, Jim and I have spent a lot of time talking about all, like, a lot of time. So, okay, God, what are you saying? What are you doing? He's listening. I'm listening. We're coming together going, yeah, well, that, that's right. Yeah, that's good. You know, like, we're trying to, trying to fit through all this stuff. And, and one of the things that I will say is that um, God told me a long time ago that the only blessing I get to walk in is through the honor that I show. The blessing that you get is because of the honor that you show. So I've always made a point to honor this amazing man and woman of God. Not only publicly, but in private, they are amazing. Sometimes there's a little sadness in the joy, isn't there? Like, yay, the next step, yes, new minute, but man, there can be some sadness there. We understand that. So as we look at that, I want us to walk this out moving forward in a really healthy way. You understand? Are you with me? Okay, so don't avoid talking with Jim and Kathy, and don't avoid talking with Mika and me or the leadership of this church about this transition. Don't avoid it. Don't avoid it. Have the conversation. Amen? If something's sticking sideways with you, come talk to us. Okay, please come talk to us. None of this stuff, like all of this is, this is probably the health, this is the healthier transition than any of the other transitions we've had. We've learned a lot, amen? Whew. Do avoid or kick in the teeth negative assumptions about hearts, motives, or issues. This can open doors for the enemy to twist the truth, bring accusation, and gossip. Let me just, like, I'm just going to say it. Avoid it at all costs. You start getting negative, like, mm, I bet it was this. You just, no, that's sin. Stop, repent, turn the other way. Amen? This is a great opportunity for you learn, to learn again how to trust the leadership at Harvest. Okay? All right. We must confirm the truth and believe the best here, essentially. You with me? Now, embrace the hope in what God is doing. Celebrate what is to come, both for Jim and Kathy and also for Harvest Valley. We're in a new season, too. I want you to pray diligently. Come on, how about we just uh, continue earnestly in prayer? Pray diligently for Jim and Kathy. Stay connected with them. I have a feeling they're going to need you. And pray for us and the leadership here. We're turning a corner. We're heading into a new season. And we want to take our next steps in the community. So pray for us. Pray for them. We want to see the kingdom of heaven come to North Idaho. They want to see the kingdom of heaven come to Like we are all on the same page here. Like, we're in unity. 
church. We're in unity. Even Jim and Kathy stepping out for this season or, or even like giving it, giving it some space by not attending all the gatherings here, like that is in unity. There's no, there's no, there's no axe to grind here. There's no negative rub. We're in unity. I'm just going to say it again. We're in unity, church. Okay? This isn't some major dilemma or illness-based problem that we need to go heal. This is healthy. And many of you don't know what that means. But there's, there's somebody's leaving the church and it's healthy. Yeah, it really is. And we actually get to specialize in it because it's in our heart to be a launch pad for transformation. So we get to, I told Jim, I said, Jim, you guys are going to be a sign and a wonder for the whole church and what it means to be part of that culture. Amen? So we're going to put our eyes on abundance, hope, and generous love. Amen? So I'm going to invite Jim and Kathy to come up. Will you guys give them a hand as they come and share? Thanks, Chris. Um, I'm going to fill in some of the blanks is what I'm going to do in terms of the process about how we got here. So he's talked about what we've, what we've kind of been through. And if I just mention something about transition, is that transition in, in our lives personally and corporately always has difficult moments. God's coming against something the way we've done something you know, and he says, we've got to change, and sometimes we don't want to make that change, right? There's some things that we struggle with. And as leaders, that can become somewhat difficult sometimes because we like to get it right. Do we not like to get it right in our own relationships with people and whatever? And so sometimes we could have a little rough water, and so we've worked through that, and it's been good. So I'm going to uh, give you a little bit of the detail about how we got here. How are we at this point in time in terms of what God's been doing in our lives? Um, so a bit of our journey here. We started tending five years ago. It's almost five years ago to the month. Next month is actually five years ago when we, when we moved to North Idaho. We started attending here shortly thereafter. And a few years after that, about six months before Chris took his leave of absence, uh, I approached him about doing some work as an associate pastor. I was already serving as um, the Board of Trustees, heading that up, and doing some work there. And my involvement there showed me, he's got a lot on his plate, needs some help, you know, in the sense it'd be nice if he could offload some things so he could focus on some other things that he's doing, right? Anybody who's in leadership is always looking for people who can take some things so that they can move in more fully to what they're doing and move into the next thing that they do. And so I offered to do that. Met in his office, and he says, write up a job description, you know, like, tell me what you want me to do, you know, and don't tell me what you want to do, you know, so we worked that out, and, uh, and put together something in doing that, so a few months later, Mark Crawford was here, and did a conference, and uh, had a pretty powerful word for us at that time, about an unexplained life, <laughs> and we had met uh, at uh, Starbucks, and on my way home from Starbucks, uh, God says to me, if Chris steps back, will you step up? <laughs> I'm like, in what way? <laughs> Is he going to step back? 
In what way do you want me to step up? So I'm thinking about that, and I'm going like, Lord, I think you're not really being clear here, but I really feel the weight that it's like fully, like fully. And so about three weeks later, then that became clear that he was going to do that. You know, he says, I mean, they need to step back. And uh, so I was like, okay, we'll do this. And so it was to be about a year, ended up being 16 months. And in that period of time, we had the opportunity to fall in love with you all a whole lot more, more deeply. And I'll say a little bit more about that later. But as we wrapped up that role, as that role was coming to a close, the Lord spoke to me one morning, and he said this. So November 21st of 2020, your time in this role is nearly finished. Help when and where you can. But it's time to shift your focus from the present to the future. Your story, what you've experienced, what I'm bringing forth in your life must be shared with others. So I'm sending you out into the valley of the world around you. Your message will meet others in the midst of their pain. It's a message of my love. It's a message of forgiveness. It's a message of no more shame. Will you go, Jim? Will you share the message of my love? Will you let me squeeze you out? There's more where that came from. I will constantly and continuously refill you. I am that good, Jim. People need to know that I see them through the lens of my son and what he accomplished on the cross. I see them through the lens of his blood which was shed there. Forgiveness is theirs. No one needs to live in shame any longer. Revival's in the air, Jim. Will you share my love? Will you be my living epistle? The living epistle of my love to those who are hurting, to those who struggle with shame, to those who are in pain, to those who need to know the forgiveness that is freely available to them. Will you go, Jim? Will you let me send you out? Now, at that time, I had no clarity of what that would look like. I had some thoughts about what that would be, and I had some indication of what that timeline might be. It didn't happen on that timeline, and it didn't come about in the way that I thought it would. There were some promises that he had spoken to us, specifically some things around property, and uh, I had a timeline in mind, and when that timeline didn't happen, I just said, okay, Lord, I missed it. And right in the middle of saying I missed it, he says, you didn't miss it, and you didn't miss me. And I'm like, Lord, what does that mean? I know what it means, you know, but what does it mean practically? And we took a year to rest. And the Lord spoke about rest and the priority of rest. And during that year, he started to do things in us started doing things in our hearts and in our lives. There was healing. There were vision. There's equipping. There's commissioning and assignments, a number of different things. Every time I'd get someplace and I kind of think, that's enough, Lord. We're good. You know, like, we're good. You know, like, that's enough. We're fine. And it was like, not yet. Not yet. Not yet. And even after a year rest and looking about stepping back in and doing some things here at the first of the year, not yet. Not yet, not yet. So I'm reluctant to say it's yet. <laughs> we were talking about some things this morning. It is clear some timelines are starting to converge and some things are coming together and God's about to do something that we've been looking forward to for a while. 
And Kathy's more there than I am and in that sense because, Lord, you've kept telling me it's not yet. I am so reluctant to take that and say it is now. It is now, but it's, there's, you know, there's just some things, you know, just don't want to get ahead of God. You know, we can get ahead of him. We really can get ahead of him. And part of the questions that we had, you know, in this is how much of a role would we have at Harvest and how much would be regional? We knew there was something in the region. And uh, some things started a little bit in the summer, but was really at the, after the end of October. Is some things start, got it to be really clear about what he was putting on the plate. He started to put this thing, that thing, the other thing. It was really clear, and it was really clear all the way through that. Is don't put anything on the plate unless I tell you what to put on the plate and put it on, ask the question, how do I put that on the plate? I'm a person who will take responsibility. That's one of my really strong core values, you know, is like take responsibility. But I can be overly responsible in some areas as well, trying to be responsible, you know, be overly responsible and do that. So as I started to enter into each of those assignments, it was like I enter in and it's just like, and he said, not that way, this way. You know, and just some really kind of fine-tuned adjustments. And it's really been helpful for me because it's not about living life like you've done before, which was good. It's about living life this way because it's a new season, a new assignment, new things that I'm having you do. And so I want you to, to take hold of it in this way. Okay. And so that was really helpful. And it, it, even along the way, it still wasn't clear how much of a role was here, how much of a role was out there. And then in the last month or so in particular, uh, the assignments, it was like, oh, it's regional, oh, it's regional, no, it's regional. Like, your assignment is regional. And that it's not going to include anything as, in terms of as being part of the church here as a member. In the long haul, like six months, right? Six months to, to, to give everybody a break. You know, in the sense that when we come back and we're part of what's happening here, when, we choose, when God shows us to to take part in something, come, drop in, do those kinds of things, that there's a clear space in between so that the relationship that is being established is, has, time, has time to work and come into that way, uh, come into what it's meant to be. Part of this, too, is uh, Mika had a word from God uh, the day before. It called us from the airport, and she said, uh, I had this word from God and that you're called to be a pastor to Idaho. And so what we're stepping into here, and, and I'll give you some sense of that, is walking that out on a regional basis first. You know, you always start the day of, it's the day of small beginnings. Don't despise the day of small beginnings. You're called to do any kind of work, God will probably give you something smaller to work with first. And then he'll expand those tent pegs as you go. So part of this is being a pastor at large in the county. Kim gave me that term one day, and I felt like that really captured the essence of what, it, what he's doing. It's to be available to churches, to pastors, to individuals perhaps as well, that if they need a pastor that they don't have access to, that, that you're available for that kind of thing. Largely, it's ministry to pastors as well as uh, key ministry leaders within the region. We're currently working with five people very closely. I also have some relationships with a couple other pastors that I'm doing some work with. Uh, and so there's some real investment in, in them as individuals and as couples as well. That's probably the, the primary emphasis or the primary place of relational investment in people's lives. 
We're doing some work with uh, an organization called 7B Cares. That's actually been, I've been part of that for a year and a half. Kathy's now uh, secretary, uh, administrative uh, office assistant for that. And uh, I'm on the board uh, for that particular organization, which is its purpose is to activate, equip and activate churches in the events of emergencies and disasters. So in cooperation with Bonner County Emergency Management, so that when something happens and we need to activate churches, whatever resources they have, physical people resources and whatever can be put to bear in the county if something like that happens. We're also working with a, an a new initiative called 7B Youth Connections which is about creating some opportunities for high school and junior high age kids to connect uh, with people of faith in things that they need, like tutoring or a game night. So it's really in the pilot phase in terms of, of starting some things, but places where they can connect with people who have hope. One of the statistics in terms of what got this going is that there's a four-year period where some stats were available there. We had 42 youth that had committed suicide, successful suicides and such a clear sense that there's a loss of hope amongst our youth, primarily because we keep talking negative about our future all the time. You know, and that's a word back to the church. We cannot do that. We have to be realistic, I get it, but we cannot be speaking negative about the future and expect our kids to have hope. That's just not gonna happen. And so we're wanting to do some things to establish relationships through things that are needed, that kids need, establish relationships to be able to speak life and hope to them. There's a couple other things that we're looking at as well uh, as possibilities. Um, uh, one of it's a grief share group uh, doing some things around grief. Um, I'm involved with the annual pastor's prayer retreat and doing some work there. Um, so we got a number of things that things will shift and change as we go. But that primary investment is going to be as a pastor at large in the region. I have my own. <laughs> Yeah, so I just want to say it's been an amazing journey. As you might expect, it's been bittersweet because um, in the five years that we have been here, I have formed the deepest relationships that I've had in my entire lifetime. And it's really hard to just, you know, feel like, you know, you're moving away from that. I'm not walking away from a relationship. Please hear me. But they will change just out of necessity of not being together on a regular basis. So I appreciate all the people that say, hey, let's connect, let's do lunch, let's, you know, give me a call, you know? So I appreciate that. Because, you know, it's been a tough week. I thought I'd get through this without crying, but I'm not gonna. <laughs> you don't have to. Thank you. Because I love this body. And you all are very, very special to us. And so I was praying this week, the Lord gave me a couple of things that really encouraged my heart. First thing was, it's a new day. Morning has broken, the light has come. You know, it, 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 he's got new things for us. And he showed me a picture of the River Jordan, and we're, we're on one side and the promised land is on the other, and he says, are you ready to step in the river? And we're like, yes, the river will not part until you step in. So we are stepping in with both feet. We believe that our, our promised land of milk and honey is on the other side, and we're, we're just saying, okay, Lord, doesn't make sense in the natural, but we're trusting you. The other thing you showed me is, you know those little um, toy cars that you pull back to wind up? And you know how, you, when, as you pull them back, it, it gets a tension on it. 
we felt like this past year, God's been pulling us back out of everything. And there's been this incredible tension. And now he's like, time to go. And think about the acceleration and velocity that comes from that. <laughs> so we're right here, and he's saying, okay, it's time. Boom. <laughs> so we are really looking forward to this and um, excited. I have had a peace and an excitement the last three days that I haven't had in years. So I'm like, I know God is in it. I know God's, you know, got stuff for us. So, yeah, we covet your prayers. We covet, yeah, just thinking about us and giving us a call and say, hey, how's it going? I've been praying for you. You know, we, we really appreciate that. So just a few things that I wrote down this morning just to share and to say. Although we're stepping out of membership, we are not stepping out of family and friendships. So even though we'll be taking a break from gathering here at Harvest, please feel free to contact and connect with us during these next six months. If we're not stepping out of family and friendship, should we have relationship? Yeah. So take the initiative. Make the call. You know, do something. We'd like to get together. It was our great honor and pleasure to serve you as pastors, and I can't emphasize that enough. And this is probably where I'll cry. That was an honor, and that was a pleasure. There was a weight of responsibility that Chris talked about. There's a weight of responsibility that until you step into this kind of role, you do not know it. You cannot know it. And it was an honor and a pleasure to do that. To be challenged by the Lord is the way I was that day. To, you know, if he steps back, will you step up and to carry that? It was like, wow, that was something. So God gave us and we developed a deep love for you all. And I can't emphasize that enough. That's been the hardest thing about stepping away is we love this family. And we've had to grieve that loss, as some of you may need to grieve some of that along the way. It's a normal, natural part of any time we transition, there is loss. Some of it can be really easy. Oh, great, you know, let it go. And others of it can be a little bit harder. Grief is God's gift to us to process loss. But we now commend you into the hands of Chris, Chris and Mika and the pastor's council, the leadership of this church. You couldn't be in better hands. We bless them and the work that God will do in them and through them. May you receive, realize, and thrive from all the blessings that are meant to come through their leadership. This is indeed one of the churches in this community where we can truly say there is a recognition not only of the importance of the Holy Spirit, but where he has freedom to operate. Many of you have ended up here because when you've gone to other churches, and I'm not trying to diss other churches, but there is not an honor, honoring of the Holy Spirit like there exists here. And that's why many of you are here, is because you know and you sense and you see and you experience how much the Holy Spirit is honored here. So we wanted to thank you for being a place where we could grow. We have grown here where we could realize the transformative work of Christ in our lives. I cannot tell you the amount of work that God has done in my life, not only through the things that we have done, the responsibilities that we took, but in this last year in particular, and where we could come to the finalization of this part of our journey, where we could come to that place. 
We have been blessed by Chris and Mika's leadership, and we have been blessed by you as a family. And we couldn't be more thankful that you all have been such a significant part of our journey. Thank you for joining us today. Harvest Valley Worship Center is called to be a refuge for healing and a launch pad for transformation. If this message impacted you today, please let us know in a comment, or you can email us at media at hvwc.com. Thank you for joining us, and we look forward to connecting with you.